Hello and welcome to Yaf Podcast, the yet another Final Fantasy podcast hosted by me, Antonin Januska. And this is episode what, 12 of season 2. We're covering Final Fantasy 2 and this is the mission to Palamecia. And um, I got pretty emotional during this mission. And I wanted to record it as soon, record this episode as soon as I was done playing it. So I am done and I'm on to my last mission. But before I move on, it's time to talk about what happened. First of all, Sid dies. Yeah, Sid. Sid died. You talk to him, and as you talk to him, he goes to a bed and he kind of, you know, flashes in and out of existence. And then he disappears and leaves his airship to you. And that was a pretty sad moment, but Sid wasn't a huge character. So basically at this point, the the mission is to go to the Palamecia Fortress, which is a fortress out in the mountains. You can't get to it without an airship. And this is where Leon, the Dark Knight, Maria's brother resides. As you'll notice, this part of the game is very story heavy. So Things changed a lot. We went from doing random missions to this kind of expansive story. And so again, like, you know, obviously we're not done fighting. We thought we were done fighting after we defeated the Emperor, but there's still the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight resurrected the Empire and everything, right? So before I went to the fortress, I decided to head back to the jungle and I decided to head into the jungle village, which is a place that I skipped. And you can, if you listen a few episodes back, I think I was getting the, the uh, black mask. Yeah, the jungle, the jungle island or whatever, whatever the island is called. At the bottom, there was a black mask, but they had a village. And now I thought that the village was going to have an inn, <laughs> but no. So this is kind of weird, but it's basically like a level in, in the cavern where you can buy more equipment and stuff. And it's, uh, it's populated by these characters that just walk around and they have masks on, which, you know, very much in theme. And they keep asking, hey, why don't you have a mask on? What's going on with you? Ooh, you don't have a mask on. And then eventually you can, uh, there are a couple people that you get, when you talk to them, they offer to buy, sell and, you know, whatever else. So that was kind of cool. I headed back out. I did end up grinding a little bit. I was going to go to the tower, the tower that I kind of skipped where Minwoo died. The tower is accessible. You hold up, uh, the Leviathan doesn't swallow you anymore. You just, oh man, did I use a ship? Maybe I used an airship to get there. Maybe that's why the Leviathan didn't swallow me. I do wonder if the Leviathan is a an area that you can revisit. revisit. I haven't tried it yet. But anyway, so the Sith ship, airship, was left in one of the towns that was devastated by the cyclone. And now... Even now that we've destroyed the cyclone, those villages are completely inaccessible. That's important to know because basically the Empire still did so much damage and that damage persists or prevails, right? Like you're gonna have, we're gonna have to rebuild. It's gonna take a long time to rebuild like four or five villages. In the meantime though, right, it's time to go to the fortress. I ended up going to the fortress. Here's a awesome part about the fortress. Actually, let me tell you about the not so awesome part first. You're supposed to land behind the fortress and the way that works on the GBA is a little bit crappy, I want to say. It's not as good as the way it works in the original NES version. When you try to land on this fortress, on the GBA, there's like this pseudo 3D thing. And so you think that you're going to just land right behind the sprite. That made sense to me. Uh, Nope. I thought I would land on the fortress. Can't do that. Thought I would land next to it. Couldn't do that. I had to look up a guide. And I looked up the guide and I tried to land behind it, just like the guide said, and it didn't work. I ended up watching a video. I watched a YouTube video about how they do it in Final Fantasy 2. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Let me try that. Didn't work. I ended up having to land like one tile just a little bit 
further than I thought I would have to. Like instead of landing into onto the fortress or right behind the fortress, you kind of land in the middle of the mountains onto a mountain tile. Why? You have the GBA. This is a remake. They could have easily made it that you land literally right behind the sprite that in the GBA version three-dimensionally shows up before the ship, right? So like when you press when you press land, it literally goes behind the fortress. And I'm like, oh, that's a cool effect. It didn't work. You had to land in the middle of nowhere, basically, which sucks. I ended up going to the fortress. The You start at the top of the fortress and you're like, oh, I guess I'm you know pretty much done. But no, there's a trap and it throws you onto the first floor. Now, a few things about the fortress. It is a difficult there are a lot of difficult enemies it is not easy but it is not punishingly hard the anxiety and and hate i want to say that i have for the dungeons in final fantasy 2 there weren't there there was a sensible layout which was easy to traverse uh because it's it didn't i guess people lived there so it, it was more designed and engineered which kind of makes sense so it was easier to like walk around and be like all right well there's probably gonna be a chest here oh there is a chest there cool i'm gonna open it and kind of walked around there were a lot of interesting enemies there there was like a vampire woman and there was like a stone golem and all these different other characters what was cool is, was that my party makeup was perfect for countering all of these monsters and i guess for it would be for everybody because i chose the optimal armor that i picked up along the way fun fact the optimal option in the gba version that equips the best armor and equipment for a character doesn't take into account that you might want to use somebody as a mage and if you want to use somebody as a mage you don't want to wear heavy armor because that lowers i don't want to say your intelligence but it it affects your ability somehow in fact there's like a whole thing about this and i'm going to talk about it after i finish this story because i'm getting a little bit lost in this tangent but yeah the fortress has a sensible layout i was really happy i didn't check the guide a single time as i made my way up and i was like okay this is a good rpg experience i had guy equipped with two poison axes and it turns out poison is like another type of attribute just like fire lightning and and ice i guess and so he was doing like some serious damage to like the golem which doesn't really make sense to me why the golem would be weak to poison but i guess he is or it is i had ricard pick up a lightning i think it was called a lightning spear or a thunder spear which was doing some fantastic damage and here's the beauty of the blood sword the blood sword is something that i've mentioned in the past i ended up equipping the blood sword to different characters because it was the best cheapest and most awesome way of getting health back so i would have Firion often hold it and Firion would still deal very good damage with the blood sword not as good as uh whatever he usually has i don't even remember what i equip i just click optimal but it would heal him really well except against the undead. Just a fun fact for you, if you hit somebody with a blood sword and that enemy is like a vampire or an undead person, you actually damage yourself and heal them. So you do the opposite of what you're trying to do, which was tricky. And I also found out that you can equip weapons mid-battle. And I didn't, I guess I knew you could do that. I just didn't know how. And there's this little trick that if you go into items and you just press up, it shows you the equipped stuff and you can change the equipping. Uh, you can change the equip, uh, equipped equipment. The thing is that you don't lose a turn doing it so i don't know if it's in other i can't think of other games that do this that allow you to change what you're equipped but i remember there were some games that would punish you for making that change mid-battle 
Like, you know, you need to, it's like using an item, right? You're equipping a different sword that should be, you should lose a turn, but you don't in this game, which meant that I was able to switch out of the blood sword very easily to another weapon. My tank guy has over 5,000, I think about 5,000 HP in comparison to Ferian who has like 2,000 uh, Maria has like 1600 or 1800 and Ricard at this point had like 1200. What this meant is that I equipped the Bloodsword on Guy because uh, he was also the character that all the other, other characters would try to attack constantly. So I equip Guy with a Bloodsword. He would do barely any damage but luckily he has two weapons so he would do massive damage with his poison axe and then do some damage with the blood sword and get that health back i also got used to using osmos with maria which meant that i was stealing mp and what's great is that a lot of the enemies that you come across in these levels have a lot of mp and so you end up refilling all of your character's health and mana for free basically right because when you have mp you can cast cure and if you have the blood sword you don't even need that and you can use Osmos on pretty much almost every monster that you encounter in this dungeon. Or I guess technically the, the fortress. The thing that I noticed as I was leveling stuff up, I decided to get the Ultima spell. The reason it didn't work in the past, and this is going to sound dumb, is that I filled out all of my spell slots and I didn't realize this was a thing. I didn't realize there was a max of 16 spells a character could learn. I thought there was like an infinite number of spells a char any character could learn. I ended up having to delete quite a, quite a few spells from Maria so she could learn Ultima and then eventually Haste because I picked up several tomes along the way and I learned quite a lot about this game. So again, can't wait to talk about this right after we finish this, the story progression or the my experience here doing all of this. So yeah, and cool thing is, is that you can see the progression of the spell animations with each level you gain. I think I've talked about the fact that if you start the first time you use fire, it's like this small fire, and then it turns on, turns into this like big fiery column that you know tries to attack everybody and so on. The Ultima spell had a similar progression where it started as like this small fire, then it became like a column of fire, I guess. Then it became this wave of fire that went one way, and then it did two waves where it would go one way and then the other. And now on like level six, it turns the entire field into this lava. I guess and this huge column of fire gets detonated I guess or whatever appears right where all the enemies are and it is beautiful again this is GBA version not the NES version but in the GBA version all of the spells have a specific progression at least the the offensive ones I actually don't know I, I didn't see any change in how haste or protect or blink or any of those uh, worked I didn't see any of the any changes in those but you know whatever I don't I don't care the offensive spells are so much fun to watch when you make it all the way up top, you see Leon sitting on the throne, basically being like, you know, hey, the strong win, the weak lose, and screw everybody else, and he's like, you know, I'm gonna kill everybody, and blah blah blah, and Maria tries to reason with him, and Leon doesn't care, and it's really weird, and I don't really understand, but then he makes, he says a line that kind of makes me understand why he's doing what he's doing. He says, look how many people died rebelling against the Empire, and that made me think of the fact that all of these kids, or all these characters, lost their entire families when Finn 
was invaded. That means that they're, they're all orphans, right? Leon started as an orphan. He, Leon and Maria were orphans, right? Like the, the Emperor killed their parents, which is, you know, it makes sense that the Dark Knight would be happy that the Emperor is dead and taking over. But it, it also makes sense why he's a little bit, why he's so aggressive, I guess, right? Like he's afraid of losing that power over his life again. He adopted the mentality that if you're strong, you get to do whatever you want. If you're weak, you can't, you know, you just have to do whatever the strong people tell you. And he just kind of took that over. So I'm getting ready. I'm, I'm like, all right, let's fight. Let's let's do this. My characters are full health and full MP, mostly. I am ready to fight you. And then the Emperor reappears. And the Emperor was a demon. I, I, I had to censor myself out there. I not in post-editing, in real life, just have to censor myself there. The Emperor is a demon, and they specifically say that he came back from hell. The Emperor is a demon. The Emperor is a demon. This is the same thing that was in Final Fantasy 1. Oh, look at this. There is a knight that started all these shenanigans. Oh no, it's actually Chaos, the demon himself. That was Final Fantasy 1. In this one, yeah, it's some other demon. And the demon is extremely powerful. And he laughs at Leon. He's like, yeah, whatever. I'm the emperor. And Leon's like, hey, what is this trickery? You're supposed to be dead. Nope, not dead. The emperor is alive and well and enjoying life now that he's back from hell. This is is a typical Final Fantasy plot twist. I'm wondering how many Final Fantasy games I'm going to encounter where the final, you know, whoever you're fighting is not actually human, but it's always a demon in a human's body. Yeah, I knew it. So then he tries to kill everybody, which is your whole party. And Leon included. He creates these like fireballs that you get surrounded by. And then Ricard, poor, poor Ricard, goes there in front of the Emperor, sacrifices himself so that the Wyverns can take you and your party, right? And Leon away from the fortress and away from danger. Ricard died. And uh, Maria touches on this. Uh, You kind of just suddenly appear in Finn Castle talking to Princess Hilda. Maria says, hey, Sid died, Joseph died, Minwoo died, and now Ricard died. And how she can't take it anymore. And honestly, I can't take it anymore either. I grew to really like Ricard. And now I'm kind of regretting my visit to the to Daste, the Wyvern Castle or the Dragoon Castle, because there Ricard promised the young boy there that he's going to raise him, and Ricard promised that he'd be back and help restore the village. Yeah, Final Fantasy really emptied up amped it up with the story in this game. The first game, like it was, it was a good story. It was a good fantasy story, but. Final Fantasy 2. Wow. I'm blown away. I was not expecting Ricard to die. I grew to really like this Ricard character, as I've said. He was the last of the dragoons. I honestly think Leon should have sacrificed himself. Like, goodbye, Leon. I don't need to hear from you. Yeah, you're the Dark Knight and everything, but this this dragoon, like, he's gonna rebuild the entire village, the entire Deus kingdom and and bring them back the wyverns that everybody depends on you're you're you killed a bunch of the dark knight killed a bunch of people i don't even know why it's okay that he stayed alive princess hilda even says, uh, mentioned it she says okay well you want to take leon with you but he's the dark knight like i'm gonna leave this decision up to you but uh this doesn't sound right and of course you know maria fury and guy say yeah we'll take him with us i'm a little bit disappointed yeah th- th- this 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 kind of blew me away i was not expecting this to take place i thought i would here's what i thought it was going to happen in this episode or in this on this mission i thought i would fight 
Leon, and then Leon would be... Def- I thought I would fight Leon, and Leon would be defeated, and as he's defeated, we find out that there's a spirit of some... Maybe the spirit of the Emperor, who's actually a demon, who was controlling him, and then that would be our next mission, and as Leon recuperates, the dragon's like, okay, look, I helped you with all of this, but I have to go back to Deus and take care of stuff there. This is what I thought would happen. I did not expect Ricard to die. Minwoo dying, that felt kind of a little bit senseless, but I get it. Joseph dying, it sucked, but it, it, it sucked. Sid dying, that was a little bit weird, like kind of random, but Ricard, I wonder if we'll see him in any of the other games. Okay, so here's what I wanted to talk about now that we're done with the story. And I mean, we're going to be, I'm going to be working on the next mission and then playing the next mission. But I wanted to talk about some things that I found out about Final Fantasy. If I remember, and I hope I remember, I'll post a link below to a Final Fantasy 2 video that kind of goes through why this game was difficult and why people didn't like it and what happened in the development and uh, what was his legacy and so on. First things, Final Fantasy 2 did introduce a ton of amazing stuff, including the Chocobo, Sid, Final Fantasy 2 did introduce Sid. Sid wasn't around in Final Fantasy 1, the original, and it introduced story, named characters, um, a revolving party member things like that that you see a lot of in the in the later games it introduced like these i don't want to say cutscenes, but cutscene like situations and i you know i actually spaced out and i forgot to tell you all this with the at the at the end after the emperor comes back that entire fortress that you were walking up crumbles and a new flying fortress flies out with the emperor at the head of it so yeah of course that's the next destination another flying fortress square really likes those flying fortresses and it really likes making those like a very significant last level kind of place you go to. Anyway, Final Fantasy 2 did introduce a bunch of awesome stuff, but this version was apparently buggier than Final Fantasy 1. So Final Fantasy 2 had a lot more issues. One of the big ones was that the original Ultima spell didn't do anything. So you would go through all of this work to go find it so you could use it against the Emperor. And it's it's a fine spell. I don't know if it's stronger than any, any of the others. I didn't look into it, but I do use it and leveled it up. But in the original, imagine that it didn't do anything whatsoever. There's even a whole story about the fact that the programmer refused to change that. And when the director asked for the code so he could change it himself, the programmer sent it over, I don't want to say encrypted, but it was like uh, obfuscated so that nobody could change this. And so the original Final Fantasy II had a massive strong spell that you spent several missions and hours of gameplay to find just to find out it doesn't do anything. And the programmer justified it by saying, you know, that's life. There were a lot of other bugs. A lot of the spells didn't work. A lot of the spells did the opposite of what they were uh, supposed to do. Uh, the leveling job system, you know, I've been misunderstanding the leveling system and how it works. I've been having a really hard time with it, as, as I've mentioned. But it was, the Final Fantasy II version was even worse. And that's actually why one of the reasons why people don't like this game as much. And one of the reasons why the dungeons are so long actually, to give you plenty of time to level up all of your characters because it takes a lot more uh, specific leveling, right? Like you actually have to use a weapon. You actually, you have to use the magic, whatever. You don't just get experience from winning the battle. Not every character gets experience. So you end up having these massive dungeons, which doesn't help. 
And this is, I've talked about how they're like confusing and it, and it sucks and I don't like the random encounter rate. And these were the exact same issues that other people had with this game, that the random encounter rate was too high, the dungeons were too long and complicated and difficult, and the dungeons and the, the monsters existed this way because of the job system, not the job system. I keep calling it the job system, but I, that's, that's from a different game, I think. So because of the natural progression of, you know, gaining experience for the skills you use, you need to have a lot more enemies and then what didn't help was that a lot of the enemies that you played against could easily be boss level enemies that you randomly encounter and i've mentioned this as well and that persisted into the remake and it kind of makes sense why it's in the remake it doesn't break the game like it's part of the game and you could make it better but you have other final fantasy games to play if you don't want to play this one in this specific way as you can see like a lot the same i had the same issues and i had the same problems with it uh, it turns out that a lot of these mechanics ended up surviving but not in the final fantasy series but in the saga series which i'm not familiar with saga jrpgs but they apparently are final fantasy 2-esque like it's the same game director that worked on both or game creator whatever the person's title is the same person that helped create these mechanics for final fantasy 2 ended up creating the same exact mechanics for the saga series so for those people that like that or would like to see better versions of it i guess they're better i'm not even sure if they're better but anybody who'd want to see that you can go check out the saga uh series and apparently it took off and it's a huge thing and i think i've heard of several of the games i'm just not as familiar with it and i think that's i think that's about it i i do want to just bring out some of my predictions you know we're fighting we're, we're going to be fighting against that demon and my prediction is and this is going to be a bold prediction i think that demon is going to have two different forms at least so i think what i'm going to be doing is i'm going to get to the flying fortress some Somehow, once I get there, I'm going to go through like 15 levels of God knows what that I'm going to hate. And then I'm going to get to the Emperor and I'm going to fight the Emperor. And I think the f after I defeat the Emperor, the Emperor is going to turn into one more other thing. Well, I guess I already did that, right? Like this is the, the, the demon that I'm going to fight is the second version. Hmm. I am painting myself into a, cir into a corner, into a circle. <laughs> Jeez. I'm painting myself into a corner here. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of excited to, to be to be done with the game soon but uh now my enthusiasm for the game was renewed by the story and by the really pleasant time i had uh going up this fortress and i really hope that the second fortress is going to be just as good and it's not going to be some weird thing that they came up with as the final dungeon to make it super hard and unnecessarily complicated and puzzle-like because if they did that i'm going to be upset i'm going to be really upset like and not in a good way anyway this was Yaf Podcast. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. It's uh, twitter.com slash Y-A-F-F podcast. Um, you can like this podcast somehow, probably. Subscribe to it, unless you're already subscribed to it. Why don't you leave a rating and a review somewhere? Uh, you can message me. You can do all kinds of fun things to help promote, help me promote the podcast and tell other people about how great it is. Because uh, I think it's pretty decent. You know, we're like... I don't know, 20, 30 episodes in, so it should be pretty decent, at least. All right, until next time.